to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome, everybody. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Podcast number 202, and that is hard to believe. Seems like just a couple of weeks ago, we were doing podcast 200. Well, it was, <laughs> but uh, my name is Bill Cox. We're so glad that you're here. This is the Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. We're on this No Church Answers tour. So grab a globe, uh, spin it around, find Texas. Southeast corner of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, And that is where we're coming from. We're not pastors, we're just regular guys, and each of us are on our own spiritual journey, and we feel that all men are leaders. You know, you're leaders of your family, leaders at work, leaders in your church and community, but sometimes that lead dog needs to be fed, spiritually recharged, and that's why you're here. So whether you found us on Facebook, SoundCloud, where we archive all of our podcasts, Apple Podcasts website which is at man dash up spiritual oasis pray.com iHeartRadio. we are so glad that you are joining us we are in we use various publications at different times and we go through a uh abf adult bible fellowship uh essentially a sunday school lesson where we pose the to the panel and we update it we put a man spin on it and kind of unpeel it like an onion and this is the kind of talk that uh discussions that you can't get anywhere else and the current publication that we're using is uh connect 360 we're in the study of mark just started this uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, it's by baptist way press uh it's outstanding it's called the remarkable journey begins and at this point in time, I'm going to go ahead and uh, introduce our panel. Uh, he's a world-class policy writer, a bit of a professional gambler, and our producer, Mr. Steve Titch. Hey, Steve. Hello, Steve. Yo. And attorney and former prosecutor, we still call him the judge, though, uh, Michael Cropper. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. Hi, guys. And he is resting up from the great job that him and Kyle and the rest of the fellas were doing uh, at the barbecue. We call him the professor, Robert Koshu. Michael hey, Robert. Robert took hey, Robert. away with the Robert. Well. Mm, oh, Robert. that's right. That's right. I didn't know. Oh, I heard a groan from Kyle. What, what was that, Robert? And right, insurance broker and deacon, Kyle Trahan. Also one of the cook crew as well. Great Thank job you. you fellas did. And see, that's how we know that we're getting out of this COVID pandemic, starting to have some of these outdoor events. The fellas are getting involved. I mean, awesome, awesome job. We so, did 220 pounds of brisket, about 500 and something pounds of hog, and had over 500 people show up. Wow, yes. that is awesome. And a great jazz band. We did. Oh, yeah. Right. The band. The band. <laughs> yeah. 
And you know what? Like my dad, the pig farmer, used to say, "Fork more pork." Yeah, <laughs> that's what he he like he liked that. And my name is Bill Cox. I'm basically a, a salesman and the director and uh, kind of the ringmaster that tries to keep this group together. So, uh, and with that, we're going to go ahead and jump right in and get some initial thoughts on this particular uh, lesson and uh, start with our producer, Mr. Steve Titch. Well, we're up to the calling of the first apostles, uh, four of them who are fishermen, including Peter, his brother, uh, and I think the son, James and John, the, the, the sons of Zebedee. And uh, bottom line, you could call this the mother of all life-changing opportunities that came across these guys. Um, and to, to, to put the man spin on it, it's, it'll be interesting to talk about seizing opportunities because I think at least once, if not many times in a man's life, uh, personal and professional, there comes an opportunity where almost instinctually, you know, it's time to seize it. Yet uh, there are many factors that can hold you back. And with Jesus, the offer was really unlike any other it literally was a chance to walk with god um so uh let's the the apostles as we find out make this make this decision rather quickly uh they don't they did not wrestle with it they did not sleep on it they they were called and they went immediately sometimes uh we've got to really sit back and weigh the risks and well i look forward to talking about that well, I think it'd be a pretty short story if you wrote about the guys that turned Jesus down. <laughs> you know, uh, anyway, uh, Professor. Yeah, this is this is not only about that, but it's about calling and following and what it takes to actually follow and how and how you make the commitment. <clears throat> you know, you know, once you get that offer, that quote unquote life changing opportunity, how do you commit to that life-changing opportunity. Excellent. Uh, Kyle Trahan. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know if I could have uh, committed and jumped so easily. Uh, I think Steve said that uh, pretty well, that uh, we weigh our options much more. And it's like, well, if I do go follow this charismatic guy, am I going to shoot myself in the foot later? You know? And so I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued with the <coughs> willingness, I guess. And, you know, just uh, such a snap reaction and unwavering and uh, boggles my mind. Excellent. Uh, Michael Cropper. Yeah, Bill, it's uh, interesting. Uh, I think a few of us, have changed our professions and maybe we will talk about that later because I know at one time I was a disc jockey and then another time I was uh, on KFMK another time I was uh, a carpenter for years and then I felt like God called me the ministry as an, an attorney so any, anyway a lot of us have changed professions so it's interesting Steve brought that up uh, can you do it can you answer the call when God calls you and, uh, and, and you want to weigh all these options. And just, just a reminder, last week, 
uh, we looked at two lessons, folks, just in case you didn't remember if you didn't tune in with us. And by the way, I got to tell you guys and everybody listening, go back and listen to last week's podcast. It is great. It is absolutely great. Right. Uh, this, Shameless uh, plug. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, I'll point out a couple Sometimes of things. Sometimes deserving. Right. Real, real quick. Uh, the first lesson was on John the Baptist. He was sent to shake the hearts of Jewish believers and tell them to prepare for the Messiah. Bill called John the Baptist the opening act for Jesus. Very cute. Robert called it the event where John the Baptist preached was the transition, the transition from the Old Testament to the New Testament. That's why I'm telling you folks, go back and listen to this. There are some great terms and some great things the guys point out. And the term, that term kind of stuck with all of us because John began the epic event to introduce the Messiah in the New Testament. And then the second lesson was about Jesus' ministry beginning, his baptism, his temptations, and the practical application from the guys, again, was that men must face difficulties. They must face their trials and tra transitions. You don't run from them. You don't walk away from them. Uh, and, and the question, of course, is do you face them or do you try to avoid them? And uh, once again, listen to podcast number 201. Today's lesson, Jesus calls four of his disciples. And they just happened to be fishermen and working when he called them. And they gave up their future like, uh, future like, uh, like the guys have stated, and they followed Jesus' invitation to fish for men. So when you look at just the text, you get the impression, however, you must give up your profession or job and go into full-time ministry to follow Christ. However, I think we will be discussing this a lot more because, folks, as, as you know, if you've read the Bible and if you know around you, if you attend church, uh, most people do not go into full-time ministry, and most people do not become evangelists and go to the other side of the world to evangelize. So hopefully we'll talk a little bit about that and how you decide what to do. Bill? I'm going to go ahead and read the scripture here real quick, but I just want to chime something in uh, real quick. You don't pick people that are satisfied with what they do and their station in life. Those people are not going to change. I just want to throw that point out before I go ahead and read the scriptures. So start with, this is Mark 1, 16 through 20. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father, Zebedee, in the boat with the hired men and followed him. I just want to, you know, talk real quick, though, about, uh, about change and dramatic change. <clears throat> One of the biggest changes in my life? I went into the Navy, went into the military. And, uh, and the thing about it is I wanted to change. And to make that change, you have to put up with a lot of noise. And the noise is the stuff around you, the people that, that giving you advice that have no idea. You know, I felt the need to change. I think that these men felt that. I don't think Jesus was an unknown quantity to them. 
I think they saw the difference. They saw the impact that they were going to have and they were willing to risk it. Just because I go to church, I'm still a salesman. But because I have faith, I'm a different type of salesman. I think that's, I just wanted to go ahead and throw that out. And Steve talked about, he talked about the large amount of change. And and Kyle kind of mentioned, you know, how we, we here in America, us Western guys, when it becomes time for us to make a decision, you know, there are a lot of ways people do it. You know, one of the things you think about is, you know, you put your pros and your cons on the board and you list them all out and you say, <coughs> oh, pros and cons. I could do it and this would happen and cons, this could happen. Steve, Steve, Steve talks about this a lot when he talk, we play pucker because he talks about risk and measuring yeah. the risk, you know. But you have to wonder, Jesus was obviously a hugely charismatic figure. Just a figure that would jump rock star. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Light up the room. Yeah, and he really hadn't done much yet either. You know, if 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 we're reading the history correctly, he's shown up and been kicked out of the synagogue in his hometown. He showed up and he kind of walking around and he's done a little bit of preaching here and there. And he basically walks up to these guys and says, Hey follow me and they drop everything and follow him how much weighing and counting did they really do you know compared to what we do you know and Dietrich Bonhoeffer in his book cost of discipleship he, he says when Christ calls a man he bids him to come and die and quite literally all but one of those four did die at the in the end, you know, before well, the prematurely, cause. they, they yeah. died well, for Christ. They, died, they were martyred. Died for the cause. They were martyred. That's martyred. what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Martyred, yeah. right? You know, John is the only one that didn't die as a martyr, and he was exiled out to Patmos and spent his life, you know, basically living in the caves on Patmos at the time. And you know how the cost is high to follow Christ, and I think that's something when we look at it and we think about it, we don't think about it as a high cost of, well, let me rephrase that. We used to not think about the cost of following Christ as being high. But the I, reward was greater. Right. Well, the reward my, was greater. No, it is. But, but my, my part is, I, I think that's something we're going to have to start thinking about. How much is it going to cost us to follow Christ as we move forward in, you, in, history go, go ahead steve well i i was because bill said uh that uh, the people who are satisfied uh you don't go to which i which is is true i mean you, you and we don't we don't know where these four soon to be apostles <clears throat> were and uh if they were satisfied or dissatisfied where I'm going with this is sometimes those who are satisfied need to be the ones who recommit to something. Um, oh, yeah. Some of those, and maybe I they're the hard, and that's the hardest. Um, we can infer a few things from 
this bit of text. Obviously, there the text mentions there were employees, so we might assume that Simon, Peter, and Andrew, his brother, and their father, they 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 owned this fishing business, such as ownership was in in first century. They 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 were the managers. They they were responsible for owning the boat, getting the fish to market, and paying the paying the contractors and whatever they paying the employees, whatever was left over was profit for their household. So certainly Peter and Andrew were pretty important. And for two of them to basically leave, I mean, think, think of, think of the first, the fact, not just themselves. So, so maybe Peter and Andrew together are getting sick of this uh, fishing thing. That's for the sake of argument. But, you know, they're letting their father down. This is, this is the, the idea of middle-class upward mobility is, doesn't exist at this time. They're, this was what they're supposed to be doing. This was expected of them to continue the trade their father did, uh, to be fishermen. And the same, I guess, down, down, down the shore, down the beach with Zebedee and his sons. Yet, they they make they make an incredible step here. First of all, they're not. It's not as if they're, they're, it's not as if they're 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 doing something else that will benefit the family. They're they're up and and leaving now. I, we can we can circle back to see how much they actually left because we read that Peter's still at his house sometimes. But leaving that aside. Think, think of basically what, what did, what did Andrew and Peter's fathers think? What did Zebedee's think? Did, did he start yelling? What are you doing? You're letting the family down. Uh, how did, how did their neighbors think about this? They, they really, they, they, they really went against the grain. You, you make me think back to my, you know, my upbringing, you know, I was in a family business, actually several uh, throughout my career thus far anyway, um, dad was a home builder. And when I was a kid, you know, like 16, he threw me into a house and said, here, go build, you know, be the apprentice and help these guys and haul them lumber. And, you know, I never did get into being a carpenter. It just wasn't my thing. Right. I could see the angles. I could make the cuts and all that. I could hammer a nail with both hands. Still wasn't my thing. I can only imagine, you know, Zebedee being there and his boys had taken into the family business. They're fishermen. They're there. They're helping them do all of their fishery. And they leave, you know, how much more their dad, Zebedee, had to be disappointed than mine. You know, because I just never got into it. You know, funny thing was, was I opened a construction company years later and really wished I had learned more when I was a kid from my dad and his company. Yeah, but, yeah. You, know, um, you know, but for these guys, the the author of our lesson here in the, the Baptist Way Press um, kind of alluded that, you know, they may have all four of them may have known Jesus in one respect or another. Oh, I, I agree. You I know, it. Agree. In this kind of a thing, this kind of a charismatic, you know, I know we didn't have Twitter and, you know, Facebook and, you know, all the news that 
they that we have now back then, but that kind of word that you know John the Baptist oh. and you know then Jesus comes on scene. It it was that kind of news would have traveled very. It very was quickly. definitely getting around now. Now you, you might be a Michael Robert might be able to, to do a little more, but but you know we're looking pretty much at his ministry around Capernaum the, the, and 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 Galilee right now. Uh, John apparently tells us he did do the annual pilgrimage to Jerusalem, but it seems right now in these early months, he's pretty much localized in the northern part of the country. And so I'm sure from town to town, and it's all small, it's, it's really, you know, you look today, these are these, uh, you, each town was, you know, a, a couple of, you know, an hour's walk to get maybe less. So word got, each other. Yeah, word got around quickly about, and, and there were, of course, many of these you know, preachers, obviously, uh, you know, John the Baptist, something struck these, these, uh, you know, these four about this one, one preacher. Excellent. And with that, we're going to go ahead and right. take our first break. This is Man Up. Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 202. We will be right back. Hey, pastors and church leaders. Are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. This is the No Church Answers Tour. So if you have a question or comment, you can go ahead and paste it on our Facebook page or at man-upspiritualoasis.com. Uh, uh, and want to bring back uh, Michael Cropper. Uh, I changed professionals several times, and um, I enjoyed every bit of it I, I went, went out from the time I, I, I went to college for uh, journalism, for broadcast news. Uh, and I uh, came out and did some uh, radio work and uh, did not find that very fulfilling. I, I had accepted Christ when I was 20 years old, and uh, I felt like the Lord wanted me to do that because then when I accepted Christ, I thought, oh, I've got to get married. I can't go chasing women and uh, doing the things that, that we're not supposed to do. I wanted to serve the Lord as best I could. And please take that the way, uh, in, in that a good light and a good reason. But anyway, I went to construction. Right. Then I became a, a carpenter. Love that. Absolutely love that. Now, one of you said something earlier that just is so, so strong. When Jesus calls you, he usually won't take you if you're satisfied. Bill, I think you said that. Right. And through my 10 or 11 years of construction, I was laid off, worked a long time, laid off, worked a long time, up and down. And, and, and uh, uh, every time I'd save somebody it would get used during the period of time when I'd be laid off. So he brought me to my knees. And also I made a request to him. I said, Lord, increase my faith. Whatever you do, I increase my faith as a Christian. And boy, that's a mistake, folks. If you ever want to get a, a response from the Lord, 
tell him that with all your heart. And I did that for several years because that was the thing to do back in the, um, uh, in the back in the seventies, early eighties. And one day when I was 34 years old, he said, go to law school. And I said, I, I didn't hear you right. He said, go to law school. And, and it's as clear as you and I are talking, Bill, and all the guys as I'm talking to you right now. I felt like he said, really go to law school. So, uh, I experienced great stress when I went to law school. There's two things you have to do when you're in law school. You have to read and comprehend quickly, which I do not. And I've shared this before with guys. And you have to be able to see the forest and not the trees, which I do not do well. Also, I see the trees very well and not the forest. You can see the forest when you read and comprehend quickly. So anyway, uh, I was 37 years old when I began law school. So I did not have a lot of time left to change other careers. And that put a lot of stress on me. I just had a new daughter. I had three children. Uh, I was married. And I heard that people flunk out of law school. I experienced great stress in the first three semesters of law school. However, the fourth through the eighth, I took four years to go through. I can tell you that I saw more miracles during the last semesters of law school in my life by God's hand. And I grew in faith exponentially during law school, which I would not have experienced had I gone out or stayed in construction. So I, I believe this was my call in my education. Uh, and then finally, just whatever the guy said, uh, I, I, I misplaced the thought I was going to read to you. And that's simply, uh, if you seek the Lord, watch out, because he may answer you in a way that you may not be expecting. Bill? Well, the difference is, Mike, you forced a change. Like what I like what, what is what Steve put on uh, the production notes for today's show. Seize an opportunity. Jesus gave them an opportunity. Who knows how that would have uh, turned out. You have to have faith to make that jump. And us as men, because we have so many plans, we have, of course, the A, B, and C. If A doesn't work, we do B, we do C. We never do the A plus, A plus plus, and we don't use do the lottery ticket uh, plan. We don't plan for when the lottery ticket comes in. or And it, that's the difference, I think, between this story and the change that we work on our own selves. We manicure ourselves like a like a shrub or or whatever, as opposed with seizing an, an opportunity that goes by. Yeah, and Bill, I think you're correct. And, and and going back now, I remember what I was going to talk about. Jesus will call the person to fit the spot. He will call the right person. I mean, why in the world would he call four fishermen to be ministers instead of an accountant, a lawyer? a doctor, a, a rabbi, he picked out four men. Why? That were average men. That you're were used to catching people. nothing. <laughs> at, times, <laughs> at times, you're used to catching nothing. Yeah, no. I, I think personally because right. the world is made up of normal people. 80, 90% are normal people, average people like the fishermen, number one. And number two, they can be taught and they will listen to them for the reason you just said, Bill. They haven't caught anything or they haven't caught people before. And he 
and they've got everything in front of them and nothing behind them, nothing to lose, right? Well, they may have had something. Well, that's that's the thing. What they had to lose was insignificant. Yes, and they they yeah, that's that's nothing. the th- that's I think yeah. the key to understanding. Thank you for helping. It was it, it looked significant, yeah, but it wasn't. And it's it's interesting because you know Peter Peter of course has has the has an arc throughout the Gospels. He's such a guy, you know. I say he's such a guy who's who's you know looking for something, and really you know he's he's always the first in line when Jesus is up to something. He's always the first to, 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 you know, literally out of the boat. I'm going to walk on the water. Uh, and, but then he, then he denies him later on. He has an interesting voice because he's, he's also the, the, the most, the most frightened at the end of this. He's, he's the, he's the most vocal in denying him. He's a, has a front row seat for the resurrection is forgiven by Jesus. He, he confronts this with Jesus uh go do you love me three times uh is and then peter becomes essentially the first leader of the church makes the you know the, yeah. the holy spirit comes upon him he makes the huge the big speech on pentecost it's peter who really anchors that church uh first in you know in, in jerusalem and uh stands up to the authorities with a with a with a courage that has to derive from three years at God, at, at, at Jesus Christ's side, but it all begins here. I mean, this guy was a fisherman. He was a workaday Joe. It, it was totally awesome. And, 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 and it all came down to that decision. <laughs> and if we read it right, it was at the spur of the moment. I'm, I'm going with oh, that yeah. guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm going. going. That's the guy. Yeah. That's the guy. Oh, how, yeah. how often does that happen in. in your life? Where you basically, you know, the phone rings and you say to yourself, "This is it," uh, yeah. you know, "This is oh, the yeah. boat. This is my I'm time. I'm getting on. I'm getting on." Uh, you you got to think though that you know, for us now, we haven't, we didn't get that opportunity for Jesus to walk next to us and say, "Hey, come follow me." But if you think about it, we all have taken that in our heart. We have accepted that challenge of Jesus without that walk on the beach necessarily. So, you know, our job now is still what he commissioned them. And we are supposed to fish for people. We are supposed to help try and bring them to Jesus Christ, which is what he wanted for them. They just have a cool story, you know. Uh, like as for myself, I don't really have one of those conversion stories, but man, they sure as heck do, you know, uh, or at least the, you know, coming to the church part. Um, so, no. Uh, that's interesting, Professor. So I'm thinking, too, knowing what it was going to take for them to follow him. And do y'all think, does, okay, real quick poll. Just yes or no from the entire team. Do y'all think they all they knew what the cost was going to be at the end of the day? Gosh, no. No. no, of course not. No, nobody does. Uh, inkling in their mind, but maybe probably not. They knew the opportunity cost. Okay, there you okay. Go. They didn't no. know. They didn't know the cost of following Christ, but they knew what they were giving up. Just like when I went in the Navy, I was giving up pig farming, and you know what? I'm okay with that. 
Did you enjoy the hog at Sunday's uh, thing there, Bill? Oh, I did. I did because I didn't have to clean its pen. <laughs> <laughs> he put ketchup on it. They, they thought that this guy was may have they may, he may have believed that he was he was the the Messiah that well, was going and, to usher in the you know that was going to usher in free Judea. Yeah, Andrew and, and, Andrew was a follower of John, mm-hmm. so Andrew was probably when John looks at Jesus and said, "Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world." Follow him. Andrew is probably the one that runs up and and does it, and then. You know, and then I kind of get this picture of Andrew run up to Simon. Simon, Simon, I found him. I got the guy. John said <laughs> he is the guy. Right, we should right. And go with him. They, you know, they play that in, in Zeffirelli's four-part Jesus of yes. Nazareth. They uh-huh. play that with Peter being the more, not another one. Two weeks ago. It's like they treat him like a st- hot stock tip. <laughs> yes. you know, here's a stock tip. You know? You know but, but then I, I guess the question is, and this is something the Gospels answer that question, what did it take for them to not only leave their boat, but not go back to it. Well, they did go back to their boat once for they a while. They did, yeah. Uh, right? But, but, Whenever they thought Jesus had died and wasn't would not be resurrected. They, they, right, well, let's go back to the family business. <laughs> and, um, and where else would you go? If, yeah. if, the, if uh, your life is wrapped up in somebody so, so 100% and then he is killed and put to death and, and and you just will not remember that he's supposed to rise again, be resurrected. You would go back to your fishing or go back to wherever. It's a, mm-hmm. They did exactly what the normal person would do, Robert. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it, and I don't think it was until the resurrection they really realized what was what it was all about. They 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 uh, they s- seem to be grasping it but every for you know every step forward it's a step back jesus is kind of losing patience with them this is what i mean i mean they're all these guys get well when you come into your kingdom jesus who gets the seat next to you (laughs) and and, you know they they have discussions like that (laughs) hey you know what honestly but see that's the thing when you're in uncharted territory, you ask stupid questions <laughs> because that's exactly what I have been doing this whole last year with COVID. I'm sure my <laughs> hindsight will be 2020, but while I have been in it, I have I have been stupid one way and then stupid the other way, and you just don't know. You 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 do the best you can while you're with it. But I think the biggest lesson that I've learned uh, in situations like this for men is this, stay steady. You get worn out by going drama queen or drama king one way and then the other way. That will absolutely wear you out. And I think the big thing about change is perseverance. And once you decide to change, you have to persevere because it's you'll want to turn back. Do you, you think know? I, I want to go back to your Robert, your your cost of discipleship? Well, I, I was gonna say, was it was it yeah, was it I think it's perseverance, but it's also starting to grow 
and understand. And I think following Jesus was an all-in thing. And and I think a lot of the problem that men have as Christians, and Steve, go ahead and ask your question after this, is that they they don't want to go all in. They want this but not that. And And I'm not talking about angels on the head of a pin question. I'm talking about severe, you know, it, it, it's one of those, well, you know, I don't understand why Christians don't accept people that just sleep around whatever. I want to be able to sleep with whoever I want to with. We're all called to love everybody. And, and my problem is you want the love of Christ without really understanding what it means when he says, I came to fulfill the law. He came to fulfill the law in the sense that he took the eternal punishment away, but he didn't take away the meaning of the law or the strictness of the law, as it were, as, as we look at it. And I think that's where it gets, that's where we get interesting. Well, well I'm going to this is going to become more metaphorically because we see, I mean, obviously we see the disciples travel with mm-hmm. Jesus. There are crowds sometimes. Now also there are They've got it. There are times where he was, he went, he really did go up against the authorities of the, of the, of the time, the Pharisees. Oh, big time. And, 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 you know, they were, they were, you know, associated with this and we're not sure how the crowd reacted. We kind of, kind of get these pictures of after he fed the 5,000, they kind of all drifted away, uh, but, but, or, or they, but uh, were there, there had to have been times during this ministry where they were kind of on the road and, kind of tired out and maybe they were low on funds that week or month and they had maybe only one meal a day and well we know they were because they were were caught gleaming they were uh, they were criticized for gleaming on the sun they were criticized Mm -hmm. for gleaning Mm -hmm. meaning so when in taking this taking the grains of you you were not allowed to you were not allowed to harvest to the road basically right if yeah, they had yeah. sheer abundance, why would they have had to feed the masses with so little fish and loaves of bread? Mm-hmm. They would have mm-hmm. had more. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. All right. And with that, we're going to go ahead and take our second break. This is Man Up podcast number 202. We'll be right back. You are listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Originating out of Sugarland, Houston, Texas, USA, it's the faith-based man podcast that women enjoy too. Called authentic, timely, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been encouraging and entertaining audiences since 2016 and continues to be one of the fastest-growing shows in its segment. Want to book a speaker, show, or post a comment? Go to Man Up on Facebook or our website, www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now, back to the No Church Answers Tour and the Fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men, podcast number 202, No Church Answers Tour, and we're in mark and want to go ahead and uh, bring michael cropper in on this uh on this discussion i'm here bill yeah I, I was thinking you guys asked what does it cost to follow jesus it costs you everything when you make that decision to follow him you give him everything and you give him the choice of what he wants to do with your life and then you turn around and he will direct you in whatever way he wants you to go whether he wants you to be a mission, a missionary, a minister, an evangelist, or stay with your family, 
and keep them and then tithe to the church and keep on. He uh, he will guide you. He will direct you. But yes, when when you give all, when you ask him to come into your life, he will. You must give him the choice. He's got to make the decision for you. Uh, I, Bill, you mentioned it the first. I, I I honestly believe there was a lot of people that that turned away from Christ. He said he came to a point at which he told them, and and he was metaphorically speaking, he was telling them, when you follow me at the end, toward the end, he says, you must eat my blood, drink my blood and eat my flesh. And he was spiritually speaking, but he didn't do that. He didn't tell them that in a spiritual, that this is what I'm saying is spiritual. And then a lot of the people turned away and left him and said, this is too hard. We can't handle this. And then he looked at the 12 disciples and says, are you going to leave also? Remember that? So there were times when he invited a lot. I think he invited a lot of people to follow him, and he confused the heck out of him. Many of the apostles would say, Jesus, what did you mean by that, that particular uh, story, that particular uh, fable, whatever it is, not fable. Uh, what's the proper Parable. word, Steve? Parable. Yes, yeah, 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 absolutely. So uh, the, the cost to follow Jesus is give up everything and then let him make the decision which way you're to go with your life. And all of us at one point, Bill, you've chosen, uh, Steve has told many times I chose to get in a deeper walk with Christ. Robert, Robert, his whole life has been the church making choices for Christ. And Kyle and Bill, Shaking and Bill, you told us to. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. I have <laughs> not. <laughs> <laughs> you have not. Okay. Anyway, yeah. There, and, and, and you know what? you do back off a little bit, then you go forward, you back off and go forward. And, uh, and, and the, the thing we do when we, uh, when we serve Christ, there are ups and downs. That's why we say that there's times when you wonder, why am I doing this? Because you're, you're hit with so many hard trials or temptations, as we said with Jesus last week. Uh, and then you say, boy, I, I didn't know I would be going through this. Uh, I didn't know it'd be this tough. But you hang in there and you keep going. And, and once again, the, the practical part of that is that we we have our brothers and, and uh, friends to call if we're going through an exceptionally difficult time. And we ask them for their help and their prayers and their guidance. Well, I really you, want to go I ahead, you, Steve. I know you wanted to say about the, sometimes how when it gets a little too difficult Oh yeah. How sometimes how easy yeah. how e how, how well, easy it is sometimes to, to give everything up yeah. without really well and, and and I think these guys are a great example of that because as Mike said, they did go back to fishing until Jesus showed back up. But then even once he showed after that, they're one hundred percent all in. And I think that comes from you know, one of the things we talk about always is exercising your faith muscle and developing a deeper walk in, in your life and finding a way to do that on a daily basis to where when the questions come up, when the hard times come up and not understanding that, oh yeah, there is going to be hard times. There's going to be times when we're going to question God. There's going to be times when you're going to look at a brother in Christ and go, you're just an idiot, aren't you? <laughs> you know and and but it's okay because and and i will honestly say one of my favorite things that pastor taylor says anytime somebody joins the church he says two phrases i'm not a perfect pastor 
and this isn't a perfect church, but we serve a perfect Savior. And that is one of my all-time favorite things because if you don't, you end up where a lot of people are right now, and you see there's a rash of people leaving the church. Not our church, I mean the church like in general. No one panic. But they're a rash of people leaving the church, and it's because they haven't, in my mind, and, and I'm not questioning anyone's personal convictions, but if you leave, did you really take the time to develop your faith, or is it you hit a bump in the road, things didn't go the way you wanted to, you know, all of those? Did you Did you really, really make a decision? Did you really make the commitment you needed to make so that you're not just jumping ship the first time you have trouble? Well, I got a, a good thing for people that leave church. I just have two questions. Number one, did you notice church was not in your life? And number two, did anybody else notice you were not in church, you know, and that goes pretty much to engagement. And what, what I want to do uh, as we wrap up this particular podcast, um, it's, you know, the title is seize the opportunity. And I thought about it, thought about it. And actually when I was preparing for this, I was talking about change because so many times as men, we are trying to force the issue uh, in our life and change. If we're not trying to change, and like what Mike said, talking about how people, you know, maybe uh, backslide or, or fall away for a little bit, to me, that's just discipline. And while you're disciplined, there's sometimes that maybe you just need a break. And I, and I totally get that. But what I'm worried about is the person that is trying to change, that's trying to manicure their life. And especially as we get older, um, I, I really broke it down. I feel it takes courage and wisdom. Now, I, granted, I was 17 when I went in the Navy. I really didn't have a whole lot of wisdom. I had a fair amount of courage, though. And so I kind of went for it. As you get older, you know, you may have more wisdom or and less courage. But you're you're thinking about that change. You're ready to make the change. And then to add to it, it's timing and perseverance to go through the change. That's what um, that though. That's what makes a man change and make a lasting change. And so um, I just wanted to throw that out because I work so hard. (laughs) 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 Kind of goes with it. But in a way, it's really this particular story is kind of more about seizing the opportunity. So uh, (laughs) uh, Kyle. So, you know, it's kind of funny that you say that, that seize the day, really. Carpe diem. Right. It's actually a motto that I have tattooed on my body somewhere, you know, on on a calf with with a, you know, thing. But uh, it it was something that I've I've 
kind of lived by and thought of quite often because of that. Um, it was something that a, a friend designed uh, so many years ago. And that had to be pretty much what they, they were at. It was that carpe diem moment of, of seizing the day, you know, um, for us here now and in our present, you know, sometimes we can jump out there and try and seize the day. And you know, sometimes we miss the day and it should have been yesterday, or maybe it should have been tomorrow or we jump on our own accord, but we have to remember to, to keep going you know, don't, don't stop trying to seize the day. We may fail, especially trying to be fisher of people. You know, you've got to be able to get out there and give your testimony. And sometimes that's hard, especially as men. But we have to look for our opportunity and in, in, in our today's lesson, cast our net out there and see where it lands, see where it gets us. And something the author wrote that I highlighted uh, earlier, following Jesus is not rebellious, but it is radical. Bill? Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, I know what you're saying. That's excellent. Michael Cropper, some final comments uh, from you as we wrap up 202. Uh, you're on mic. You're on mute, Mike. There you go. Love it. I am on mic. You're on mic. I mean, mute. <laughs> mute, Mike. I finally heard okay. a new version of the you're on mute. <laughs> it only took a year and a half, yeah, but I finally yeah. got one. We'll always be there, always on mute when we're not supposed to be. Yeah. It, 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 one other example I'm thinking, uh, Kyle mentioned uh, uh, things about Christ, importance of following Christ. and and it is difficult to witness for him sometimes. It's difficult to share your faith. Um, can we fall away from him? Yes. Jesus gave the example of the tares being planted, some on the road, some of the rocks, and some in the uh, good soil. And he says there are going to be people who fall away. He says they, they hear the word of God and they, they grab it excitedly. And I, I can think of this whenever I was growing up in the church, whenever the Holy Spirit was trying to draw me to him. Before I was 20 years old, I heard I heard a number of sermons from the pastor. I went to Baptist Temple in the Heights, and uh, he he would call us to come to know Christ as Savior. And I would feel the Lord drawing me, but I said, "Nope, I ain't ready. <laughs> I want to goof off some more, some more fun." <laughs> and uh, I remember some of my friends they went to youth camp, and 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 a group of them when the evangelist would call them to the front, a group of them would all go to the front. So yes, there is a possibility there that the, the seed can be planted in the hearts of a group of them and, and, and maybe five of them really feel the call from the Lord and the other 10 go up because it's the thing to do. They're their best friends and everything. So you have to be careful. When you make a commitment to the Lord, know that know that he has touched you personally and that and you have to believe and the Holy Spirit will guide you and lead you. And those examples, again, are the terrors where they're planted by the uh, uh, the farmer. And then finally, a uh, couple things real quick. The, the, I, I'm going to cheat again uh, on page uh, 36 of our book. This is my wrap up. The author had told us uh, uh, things about what we have discussed this whole podcast. 
in, uh, in the paragraphs five and six, Jesus may not always demand we give up our careers or business when we come to him, but he always calls us to follow him. And like you said, Kyle, it is a radical change. We do not know, and Bill, I think you mentioned this at the, during the first of the podcast, we don't know at the beginning of the journey where Jesus is going to lead us at the end. We don't know where we're going to end up, but we can trust him that he will lead us along the path of righteousness. The path we follow with Jesus is not a path of rebellion, nor is a path of conformity. The path of Jesus transcends these two worldly choices to a higher path. It is, and there's a word, a radical path by which we commit ourselves to follow him wherever he leads us. And along the way, we can catch other people with our nets and bring them along with us as they too respond to the call of Christ. Bill? <laughs> Cheating on a podcast. Uh, <laughs> reading Michael out a book. Cropper, Michael Cropper, the attorney. No, I was about it to say, leave it to the attorney to cheat. That's right. Hey, Cheating uh, that she was in appropriate resources. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a test. It's not cheating when you footnote it. Uh, okay. Um, professor, a couple of takeaways from you. Yeah, I, I, I think a calling is all about, like you guys said, being willing to look at the risk and determine if the risk is worth it. And then I think a lot of times with us realizing that the ultimate risk is following Christ because we're called to give up so much more. And then having the strength to persevere when it gets hard and stick around. And, and I think that's what we see in the long-term story of the disciples. They don't run off. They don't, you know, claim, God, this is hard. The Romans are always chasing me and I'm being stoned. And man, do you see what they did to James the other day? <laughs> you know, I don't want to be like him. You know, they, they stuck it out and they really realized, and it's about perseverance. And it, it's one of those you know, this weekend, we, we started cooking briskets at 10 a.m. on Saturday. Steve, what time did you drop by, Steve? Like well, two three, so. two or so. We, yeah. were, we were <laughs> doing were, some rubbing. Uh, we were rubbing briskets down. Cropper comes by about 7 o'clock, just kind of check on us. But then he showed up again at like 1.30 in the morning. 1.15. Uh, 1.15, stayed till about 4, <laughs> but then was back by 8 or 9. Yep. You know, and finished out. And we stayed till about 8 o'clock that night. And there was a goal at the end. And the goal was for me seeing over 500 people. Yes, we socially distanced for all you COVID police out there, <laughs> you know, but seeing 500 people from our church show up and fellowship and eat and hang out and have a good time and get that sense of community that we've been missing for the past year. Why did I spend 20 something hours out there cooking? So we could do that. Mm -hmm. And that was yeah, worth absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah, because that really lets us see it. And so keeping our eye on what is the goal here. Right. And I think that's where the hard part comes in. Excellent. Uh, a couple of takeaways from you, Steve. And part of that to pick up on it is, is expectations. It would be a great meditation. Maybe I would do it as to what the, apostles expectations were at the time they literally dropped their nets to follow Jesus and how it changed and maybe going back to what we were discussing earlier for people who 
leave the church and, and maybe you can pick up on this on some other time. But I think my question is, well, what were your expectations and why, you know, what about them weren't met? And evidently, I know that it turned out that, that Jesus was not the earthly king that some of the apostles may have believed. We know, we know it didn't meet Judas's expectations. Uh, we know, we know one, of them, one, of them, one of them was disappointed. And, and I think that factors into any decision about, you know, making an opportunity, seizing an opportunity, the expectations. Now, now in some cases, they're purely material. I'm going to get, I'll take this opportunity. I'll get a big raise. Or when I took a job, I took a job, I'll get to travel a lot. I'll see the world. Um, this is a whole new boatload of expectations for when, when you accept Christ, because, well, the, the author gives it away. Your, 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 your expectation is righteousness which we kind of discussed some weeks back, which is a little difficult to even put, put your finger on. So I'm not going to say it's easy, but uh, it's, it's uh, you know, what, what, what are your expectations without Jesus in your life? And what are your expectations with Jesus in your life? And it's a question, I think it's a question that, that a good question for men. Excellent. Uh... Thanks so much for tuning in to podcast number 202. My name is Bill Cox, and uh, I just want to throw out one thing. And I really hope that everybody, not only on this panel, but that's listening, has the opportunity of something like this. And it's based on your values that it may be a risk to take, but riskier to miss. Thank you so much for tuning in. Podcast number 202. This is Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. So on behalf of our producer, Mr. Steve Titch, Michael Cropper, Robert Koshu, Kyle Trahan, Bill Cox, and we're on this No Church Answers Tour. So you know what? Uh, check out our new YouTube channel. So whether you found us on Facebook, SoundCloud, where we archive all of our podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or pray.com. If you have a question or comment, you can go to our Facebook page or man-upspiritualoasis.com and post it there. If you're still in a, a COVID quarantine or unable to uh, attend church for whatever reason, Sugarland Baptist has a streaming service and it starts Sundays at 9.45. So uh, it's at sugarlandbaptist.org and when the quarantine is over we encourage each and every one of you to join a local bible-based church why local so you'll go and find a small abf adult bible fellowship a sunday school class that you can join for small group discussions like this and find one that's men only and if there isn't one start one this is man up you've been listening to man up Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flame through to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.